Where on Earth? With your host Patrick Hughes. Hey everyone, and welcome to Where on Earth, a podcast all about travel, culture, and the people I encounter as I travel around the world. I'm your host Patrick Hughes. I'm a travel writer and broadcaster, and I'm on the road about six months of the year. You can find out more about me and this podcast at www.whereonearth.net. That's whereonearth.net. First up, in today's programme, I'm in Erina, New South Wales. That's on the east coast of Australia, about two hours north of Sydney. I'm meeting up with my former colleague, Sal, who moved here about four and a half years ago. Now, her move has meant more than just upping sticks for her and her family. She also decided to transform her body through a a gastric sleeve operation. That's meant quite a few changes in her daily life. Okay, so we're joined by Sally-Ann. Well, I know you as Bradley rather than Thomas. So we met nine years ago. We were just talking about this. When we both worked at MetLife in London. On the Solvency 2 project. On the Solvency 2 project. I was a project manager, or no, hold on, I was doing, I was a documentation manager, you and were. you were, and I was the risk specialist. There you go. Um, we've known each other nine years. We weren't best friends then. No, nope. we were work colleagues that got on very well. Absolutely. And so, a few years ago, you upped sticks and moved to Australia four and a half years ago. Twenty nine weeks pregnant, so I was one day short of the last day I could actually fly internationally. Wow. Mm. And so that first pregnancy was baby Dylan? So the first pregnancy was Dylan, actually. I had him in the UK. So he was two and a half years old, and I was 29 weeks pregnant with Keris. So you always with Keris then that yes, you were pregnant? Yes, yes, So what year did you come over? So I came over in 2014. Okay, so five July. years ago. We're recording this in 2019. Yeah. So five years ago. Five years in July. So when we knew each other... We're talking today about weight, I suppose. We're talking about mm-hmm. a process that you've gone through. Yes. So what's the right name for the operation so that I don't get it wrong? So I had the gastric sleeve and the gastric sleeve is basically when they cut away 80% or up to between 60 and 80% of your stomach and they stitch it back up. And so you have a much, much smaller stomach. So what they actually refer to it is a, is a pouch. They refer to okay. it as a pouch. So it's basically the size of, of your bottom end of your thumb. So when I knew you in London, mm-hmm. you were you comfortable with where you were at with your weight at that point um, or uncomfortable? Or, did, or did, were you conscious of weight at all as an issue? So, so I was always comfortable and confident in myself. Buying clothes was very difficult and it was never a pleasure to go to the shop. Yeah. So you, you had your one shop or two shops that you could go to. You knew your size. When something came in that fit you, you bought it as opposed to having a selection and a choice. So you tended, or I tended to wear much, much looser clothes um, than what I would now. But, but two years post-operation, as, as, as you've see, seen since you've, you've met me with my smaller physique, um, I'm much more confident and comfortable in, in the tighter clothes. I don't like the loose clothes now, I think, because I was forced for so long to dress a certain way because there was only a certain way that you could dress. Your legs would never be out. I'd always have long um, pants on. Very rarely wore skirts and dresses, but if if I did, they would be way below the knee and and, and long. More frumpy, I guess. Frumpy. So I I last saw you then... So I saw you five years ago whenever we both worked at MetLife. Uh And then you moved to Australia. Uh And I came through 
June, I think we worked this out, June of 2017. Yes. So coming up on about 18 months ago. Yeah. And so when did you have your operation? What year was that? Yep, so I had my operation on the 7th of February um, 2017. So I'd had it about six months, four to six months at that point. So I was shocked. No, you can keep on clapping. Mm. We love rounds of applause. <laughs> um, I was shocked when I saw you six months after your operation. Mm. Uh, I hadn't thought that you were particularly big or anything like that mm-hmm. I, maybe I'm less conscious of it because I'm slightly chunkier guy myself what I don't know but I, I was I, Sal I, I was Sal then you and I'm all, Sal now yeah. so it's how you knew me so but this was there was a major phys- physical difference when I saw you in 2017 mm-hmm. and so 18 months later I've come back again it's uh, February oh sorry we're just entering into March 2019 mm-hmm. and you look different again. Yeah. So you've gone from what size to what size? So in a dress size, I was a 22 bordering 24 in some pants size or trouser size. Um, and now I'm a, a size 10, uh, 10, maybe an 18 some things, maybe a little bit into a 12, but a, a, a solid 10 now. And, and weight wise, I'm not sure what it is in kilos. I know I've lost 54 kilos. I've been tracking that in kilos. But in, in pounds and stones, I know that I started off at 18 stone, 18 and a half stone. And I am now just under 10 stone. So wow. eight and a half stone, 54 kilos. You've, in, affected, you've lost a person almost. In, in, in body weight. Yeah. You've almost halved yourself. Pick my two kids up and I've lost them and some. And it's incredible. If I carry them both up the stairs, sometimes we play this little game, which my husband hates. I'll carry Keris down on my front and him on my back. Wow, I used to do that. My knees bore, the, bore that weight every day. And I don't know how I did it. Okay, so we're back with Sally Ann Thomas, or Sally Ann Bradley, as I knew her many or moons Sal. ago. Or just Sal. Yeah. Or just Anne. Okay, no, not Anne. No, not She's Anne. giving me devilish not eyes Sally. at this point. Not Sally. Definitely not Sally. <laughs> so, look, we've learned about this transformational mm-hmm. weight loss that you've gone through. But that's the it, physical side. It is. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested in going back to what you were feeling at that time we were talking about well you were just Sal Mm. but at the period that you landed in Australia five years ago Mm. what was the trigger that made you say I want to go and see is it a bariatric surgeon absolutely absolutely so if if I might go back just a little bit in time before I came to Australia I remember after I had Dylan um, and I would have been around the 17 stone then maybe 17 and a half and I was playing with him on the floor and do you know everything was an effort getting on the floor, getting back up and up and down on my knees, and it, it was hard work. And then activities on the weekend, everything was just effort. And I'd said to my husband at that point in time, God, I don't, I don't want to die before he's, he gets to, to see me. I don't want to die. And then, then I got, and then that kind of went away. That was a, momentarily, a moment in time. And I got pregnant with Keris, and as you say, we came here. And three years before I'd had the operation, the, the Christmas before we were in New Zealand, um, oh, sorry, we've been in New Zealand in, in the winter, so that the, the July time for, 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 um, for us, winter for us, um, summer for the European folk. And we'd gone up to um, the Luge in, in Queenstown, the toboggan, and, and I came down with, with Dylan, and he was on my lap and whatever, and it was fine. And I could just get out the toboggan at the bottom. We went back to Queenstown that Christmas, so in the Christmas of 2016, and we were at the, the house that we were staying in, and friends were with us, a beautiful Christmas, and Gary's like, oh, let's go up the luge again. Dylan would love to do that. He really enjoyed doing it with you. Um, and I was just like, no, 
I don't think I can get off it. Um, and I felt very self-conscious and very emotional. And I'm like, no, no, I, I really don't think I want to do that. And for about a year prior to that, I was following a lady who'd gone on one of the... Um, the, the North Shore Mums, which was a, a community um, Facebook page for, for mums in the North Shore, and there were you know tens of thousands of, of members. It was a really big one, and it was really helped me settle into Australia actually. And I'd followed a lady called Trudy, who was absolutely inspirational. Clearly, big lady had had gone through a, a history, um, and uh, there was a well-being element there that, that, that the weight was was affecting her emotionally and, and mentally. And she'd, she'd had such a great journey, such a great journey. So after the conversation with, with Gary about, I, I don't think I can get out of the luge if, if I, I did it again, I, I text her. I remember sitting on the bed in, in, the, um, in the house that we'd rented overlooking Lake Wakatipo. It's funny how things are so viv- vivid in your mind even two years ago. And I texted her and said, look, what did you do? What, what, what made you make this decision? And she said, you know, I just wanted to be around for my kids. And I'm like, I want to be around for my kids. I don't want to die. I, I, one, I don't want to die. I want to be there for them physically for the next however long I can be. But two, I really want to enjoy the time with them. So I'm like, right, I want to do it. I want to do it. And then that day, so this, this concept wasn't new to my husband, Gary. Um, but that day I said to him, look, I want, I want to do this. I really want to do this. So I inquired about cost and this, that and the other. Back and forth by messenger with, with Trudy. And then that was on, say, the Thursday. We left on the Friday and I phoned my GP and made a doctor's appointment on that Saturday to get the referral. And phoned from the airport, my insurance company, to say, am I covered? Does my insurance cover this? So that once I decide to do something, I'm doing it. So the, the, the Wednesday I spoke to her, the Thursday, Thursday I decided, the Friday I'd made the appointments. Went to see my GP. Two weeks later, I went to the bariatric surgeon's offices. Um, yes, you fit the criteria. Your BMI is over 40. You um, do have a history where you've, you've tried to diet. You, you have tried the self-help and it's not worked. Um, you're at the right stage in your life. You're not so heavy that it's a health issue. I was otherwise healthy. And went, went to see um, the, the, the bariatric surgeon. Very, very nice guy, Dr. Devadas. Made me feel really comfortable. Yep, you take all the boxes. Go and see the ladies in reception. Make the appointment. We can take you in for surgery. It was wow. that easy. I'd done a lot of research. I'd been thinking about this for the year, so I was prepared. Um, and, and I didn't know everything. Nobody knows everything. But I, but I knew it was what was right for me. And we talked about various options, by the way, whether it would be the gastric band, and he doesn't do the band operation. It's, it's um, quite an old operation now, and it's not successful, and, and there, there can be more side effects. The gastric sleeve, which is what I had, or the bypass, whereby the, you, you completely bypass the, 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 the stomach itself and just go down the intestine. We decided the, the sleeve was the one for me. So as, as you were saying, mm. the gastric sleeve... Um, effectively reduces the size of your stomach to you described it as being like the size of the base of your thumb yes so the the, the, the big the big pad at the bottom of your thumb your okay. your your stomach is as long from the tip of the thumb down to the wrist and the size of the pad so tiny so that's about say four inches long yep. by an inch or two inches or something take. like that yeah your pouch indeed so that's so that's what you were aiming uh, to have in the operation. Yep. So how quickly was the operation going to happen? Um, you so, know. You, you know, you read, you're looking at three months then. So I had three months to think about it, blah, blah, blah. In the meantime, I had secured a new job uh-huh. with the CBA group, um, which I was due to start in two weeks' time. So I went to the surgeon. 
He said, I, I was eligible, talked to the ladies at reception. They said to me, oh, yes, it, it'll be about three months' time. Oh, always difficult then, starting a new job. I'm going to have to take, you know, two weeks or whatever off work. Mm, is this the right timing? Or I might not be able to do this. And then she goes, oh, hang on, hang on. We've had a cancellation. You can come in oh, two wow. weeks. You can come in two weeks' time. Oh, oh my God. Now, now, two weeks was 13 <laughs> days. And I'm like, okay. And I started crying. Oh, I'm sure I you did. I started crying. In, and I was like, because, oh, my God, this is going to happen now. I can actually do this. I can, all my dreams can come true. And it was incredible and, and uplifting, enlightening, and everything else that goes with it. Booked the appointment, phoned my husband. Oh, my God, you'll never believe it. Then I had to phone my new boss and say, hey, can I start two weeks later? So I knew I was going in for a major operation of which the minimum recovery time was two weeks. Okay. And I was going to start work two weeks and one day afterwards. Oh, gosh. Okay. Because I couldn't ask for more time. Could, could I? Question mark. I didn't like to. So then 13 days later, Gary and I went to the hospital and I dressed in the robe and I looked beautifully sexy in this <laughs> robe with the, yeah, the, the, the one socks. with the open back on it. Oh, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. And, of, and of course, at that point, it didn't do up, of course. Ah, well, it okay. is fine, which is fine. And had the operation. So I went and had the operation and... So four all hours was in well. surgery? Four hours. I remember lying in, in pre-op and Dr. Devadas came in and he said, how are you? And he held my hand. He had such a warm bedside manner. And, and I just remember saying to him then, and I, was cr- and I cried again, uh, and I said, I cannot thank you enough for doing this for me and for my family. And actually talking about it today has brought back so emotion that I, so much emotion that I'd forgotten about. Yeah. Um, just the, the, the relief that this is something that could make such a difference. And, and believe me, when we get to it later on, it really, really has. Um, thank you very much for doing this. Thank you for, for trusting in me that I will play my part in this um, this arrangement, that, that I will do what I need to do afterwards. Yeah. Because I think one of the biggest um, challenges with any bariatric sur- surgery, you, you hear the stories afterwards, oh, it didn't work for me, it didn't work for me. Generally, it doesn't work for people because they think it's a miracle tool. They think it's a solution to their weight issues. It's not. It is a tool to get you to where you need to be. You actually need to do a lot of hard work. My opinion might sound like I'm preaching. I, I've, I've gone way too thin now. I, I would like to build up more, more muscle. Um, but I, I'm a little skeptical when I hear that it didn't work for me. It didn't work for you because you're on, and, and I know why. I see you on Facebook drinking all the time empty calories so sounds mm-hmm. like I'm preachy it's just my view well you're a bit of an expert in it because you've just gone through this True. <laughs> over the past couple of years so you wake up from surgery uh-huh. your eyes open mm. what are you what, what are you feeling is it I'm guessing it's pretty uncomfortable just at that moment because you're just out of surgery oh it was and- hell I have to say, the first 24 hours, I'm like, why the bleep did I do this? I was in so much pain. Pain from the gas, the pain across your chest and up, up your shoulders from where they... So, so, so I, I missed this bit, bit out. What they do to do the surgery, you're, you're big. All your organs are pushed together because you're big and you've got copious amounts of fat pushing everything together. When you go into surgery, they do five little holes, Okay. Um, keyhole surgery, uh, and the scars are, are practically gone, and I can share those with you later. Um, five little holes, they have to put air in and pump you up to move all your organs away from your stomach so that they can physically perform the operation. 
a consequence of that is there's a lot of air left in and it was as I say the first 24 hours was so painful um when Gary came to see me he said afterwards oh you were in a bad way and blah 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 and he was obviously very worried there was no point talking to me I, I tried to watch things on on Netflix or things that I I'd recorded on the on the iPad I, I just 24 hours I just wasn't there after that sailing 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 um how long I, were you in hospital for right afterwards Oh, I think three nights. So, so I'd had the operation the first day. Yeah, so three nights, three nights in. So in, not in a huge, not a huge amount of time, amount of time. Yeah. and it was nil by mouth for three days. Okay, just sips of water if necessary, but really nil by mouth. They did the fluid through the through the um the, through the an drip. IV. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and then the, the, it was liquids for two weeks then purees for two weeks and then gradually gradually up to building up to solids but yeah three days in hospital and so then gary came gary's your husband yep. came to collect you and take you home yep so so i went home my godmother actually i remember going over a bump on the way home and it was like ouch that hurt i got home so i had the equivalent of morphine so endone um out here and i didn't touch one i had one um one strong painkiller um, Panadine Fort, and I didn't need any painkillers. Okay. I might have had a paracetamol or two, but but I really didn't need it. The first twenty four hours from the gas pain, it was horrendous. But then it was easy for me. It was easy. Let's let's talk about that. We're we're just back with the Where on Earth podcast, and we're talking to Sally Ann Thomas or Sally Ann Bradley or uh, Sal or just Sal, and definitely not Sally. Definitely so, not. Um, while you were away there mm. um, during the break, we were just talking about the emotion that this is bringing back up for mm. you. Yeah, things I'd forgotten about, uh, I guess, the emotion of how much... Uh, I don't think I was depressed. I really don't think I was depressed b- before I made the decision to have the operation, but I certainly wasn't in a happy place. Um, I was in a place whereby I was worried for the future of my children and and. and what quality of life I could give them, i.e. I'm not going to go out going out for walks with them, I'm not going to go out and ride a bike, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. Last year, Patrick, I bought a scooter. And you've got pictures of me <laughs> scooting along Brisbane waters in, 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 in the National Park up here in the Central Coast, um, New South Wales. And I'm on a scooter. Now, this is just hilarious. I sent a, um, a video to my friend, Kerry, who's, who's the godfather of, of my two little ones, and he came back and he's like, never on earth. Never on <laughs> earth is that you. I'm like, it is. You've got the proof. And it's like, well, well done. And I, and I look at myself and I think, blinking neck, well done you. Well done you. It must have taken a huge amount of willpower in those days after the operation. I, I know you say that you weren't in pain, mm. and I'm sure that that's the case, but... I'm sure there must have been moments of discomfort getting back into everyday life. The hardest part, the hardest part, honestly, was not being able to pick up my daughter. So Dylan was, um, would have been four, five, five then. Um, and Karis was, was, was two and a little bit. Um, she wanted to be jumped. She wanted to jump on me and cuddle yeah. me and this, that and the other. So that was the hardest thing to push her away and say, no, mummy can't at the moment. Um, she's having, she had, she's, she went into hospital to have her wobbly bits fixed. That's what I, what I say. Um, and that, that was probably the most difficult thing. There was no psychological difficulty. Once I'd come out of the operation, there was, there were, honestly was no physical difficulty. It was difficult to sit down and, and, you know, you see something in the house, oh, I need to do this and I need to do this. Well, I just couldn't do this. Um, 
So, so no, no, all was all was fine. It really was was and, fine. And did that even the the small amount then that mm. uh, of maybe leaning to reach for something or, or reach down that was nothing. No, none of no, that. no, just that I couldn't pick her up. Um, I probably could have picked her up, but I knew I shouldn't. Yeah, I let I'd everything heal. I'd yeah. had eighty percent of my stomach removed. Was it a good idea with the stitches to go picking up a, a small child? So let's talk about food. Okay. So beforehand, you know, you would have eaten a typical meal. You would have drunk a glass of wine. You know, it, it, what what were your eating habits previously? So, so I wouldn't have said I was a big eater, as in huge, huge, huge portions. Mm-hmm. Um, I most certainly was a big drinker. So to have, um, it, it, it feels quite embarrassing to say now, but the fact was, it would not be unusual to come home and have a bottle of wine. That would be normal. And, and certainly I wouldn't have gone a day without a glass of wine or probably two but a bottle of wine in evening would be normal um not not so much i hasten to say um after the children were born so yeah. probably pre-children a bottle of wine two on a friday for a treat because it was friday hey saturday too you yeah, know normal after the kids were born i think i was averaging um a bottle a week so significantly less but but still e- enough um, and then definitely um, food-wise, whilst I would say I didn't have big portions, you know, I must have done. I was 18 and a half stone. Um, I clearly wasn't exercising. The bigger you get, the harder it is to exercise. The less exercise you do, the bigger you get. So it's a bit of a, a catch-22. Um, food-wise, I would eat on the run. I would eat on the run a lot. There was no discipline of sitting around a table. There was no portion control. So whilst I say I didn't eat a lot, I must have. There was there was a lot of takeaways. I think a lot of takeaways crept in because of the long working hours, or I say because of, they crept in. Okay. They crept in. So I always batch cooked on a weekend for Dylan, and he always had homemade food that was put in the freezer because I wasn't home in enough time in the evenings. But yeah, I would eat on the run and eat the wrong things. So contrast to a couple of weeks after you've had the operation. So you said it was liquids, first liquids of all. For, liquids for two weeks. And by liquids, we're talking clear liquids, um, just to keep just to keep your um, hydration more than anything. So are we saying water? Are we saying like a, a soup, like stock water, or something like that? Stock and consommer would be the, the, the first choice. Okay. They, they, were, um, they also recommended things like um, Kickstart here or OptiFast here in Australia. Maybe Complan back in Europe okay. would have been. So you're getting some nutrients, protein, but it's in, in liquid yeah. form. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then two weeks after that, then we would move to, to thicker soups and purees. Do you want to pause? And here comes my little boy home from school. Oh, I think this is Dylan. Hi, Dylan. We're doing some recording. Would you like to say hi? hi? Oh, very good boy. Even though we've good got a guest, he's taking his shoes off. <laughs> That's more than your guest did. That's okay. Come and hi. say hi to Patrick. How are you? It's very nice to meet you. Do you shake hands? Yes. <laughs> this is a microphone. Would you like to come and sit in Mum's seat and join in our conversation? We are talking about the operation that Mummy had to remove her wobbly bits. Mm-hmm. Can you remember when Mummy had her operation to move her wobbly bits or not really? Uh, not really. Can you remember a little while back when you saw a picture of Mummy and said, Oh, Mummy, you were so, so fat. Can you remember that when you saw the uh, yes. picture? And what did I say to you? I said, Well, it's not very nice to call somebody fat. Maybe you should say something like, You look very unhealthy. And you said, yeah. Okay, Mummy. And then what he actually said, Patrick, was, 
Oh, mummy, you look so unhealthy. You probably look like the most unhealthy person I've ever seen in my life. Oh. <laughs> well, that was very honest. So welcome back to Where on Earth, and we're talking to Sally Ann Thomas about the uh, operation that she went through. Um, so we were just discussing, you know, the couple of weeks after after the operation, what you were able to take. Now, when I met you in 2017, mm-hmm. we said it was, what, about six months? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by the time six months were up, what had changed about the way that you were how you felt hungry and what you were eating. Okay, so one of the things that the operation does is it takes away your girling, girling gland, I think it is. Okay. And that's the hunger gland. Oh. So, so I actually never feel hungry now. So sometimes at work I can get to three o'clock, four o'clock, and I'm like, oh, feeling a little tired. And it's like, oh my goodness, I actually haven't eaten all day. So, so my, my, my team were fantastic. They would put little sticky notes on my desk to say, don't forget to eat. And in fact, I've just started a new job and one of the guys there did it today, eat your lunch. Because my lunch was on my desk, but I don't, don't, I don't think to eat always. So, so I, th- I think one of the biggest things I've had to do is discipline myself. And certainly when I do eat, I will go for protein first. Protein and calcium are my two go-tos. I don't really eat so much carbs. Here we are now in 2019, mm-hmm. and we just had a, a break, everyone, and we sat down and we ate together. Mm-hmm. So we had, with the kids and with your husband, Gary, mm-hmm. we had a sharing platter. Mm-hmm. So what was in the sharing platter? So they were, they were cooked meats. Um, there were some crackers, some bread, mainly for the, the kids and guests. Um, yes, and I ate cheese. all of your bread. I you know. enjoyed the bread. The bread was good. Was really and, good. and cheese and, and nuts and fruit. So for me, that that's the ideal dinner because I can focus on eating what I would like to eat. I like eating crackers because I like to have a bit of texture, but you'll have noticed that I ate a little bit of cheese and biscuits and fruit and nuts. Did you eat any of the cooked meats? When I was packing away the platter. Just the tiniest amount. Mm-hmm. And if I could share with, with everyone who's listening that what you ate in total would not have filled the palm of your hand. I, I had thing. I think I had four crackers. I did have pate actually on one. I think I had four crackers. So that's a big meal for me. In terms of oh a meal. What, what's the the guidance in terms of calories uh, of calorific intake, or is that not how they think about it? So at this point in time now, <clears throat> the last time I saw the nutritionist, which was about a year ago, so I had a great support network through the the clinic that I went to for a year with psychologist support, nutritionist, um, and a physio as well, as well as the surgeon and, and doctor um, support. The um, nutritionist in the in the last meeting a year ago, appointment a year ago, I should say recommended to eat as many calories as you can really increase your calorie intake to as high as you can take it without putting the weight on so eat as much as you can healthy food as much as much as much as you can when you start to put weight on then drop your calories down a bit i I wouldn't like to say what what my calorie intake is but i would say that possibly half of my calorie intake would be from full cream coffees i have at least two a day or i have two a day that's probably fair I probably imagined that you would be having 
lots of salad vegetables and lettuce and so on and so forth. But that, that isn't really the case. It's, no. it's more nutrient-rich foods. Absolutely. So the way we should eat, we should be having our protein first. And, and I supplement with calcium just because of my bones. Now post the operation, because I don't eat so much, I've got to make sure that I, that I get a fair amount in. So with my two coffees a day, that, that's good for my calcium intake. I'll often have a yogurt for breakfast and I'll put some granola on it just to make it a bit more interesting. And there's a little bit of fiber because, of course, that can be a problem. Um, and then I will try and basically go for go for meat first. I went for cheese first today because I wouldn't normally have a selection of cheese that big in the house because nobody eats it. So that's why I had the cheese today. If if we were having that on an ordinary evening and we didn't have guests, I, I might have a, like a daily triangle or something that, that would be not necessarily processed, but something that would last a long time, um, but focus on meat. Or mozzarella. Mozzarella I eat frequently. So... One of the things you said earlier, and I want to come back to, was um, you've lost, I mean, I think you've lost as much weight as you wanted oh, to, is that right? More, more much more. I, I, I aim to get to 11 and a half stone and now I'm at 10, so I'm way a lot okay, smaller Okay, so you're, than way, I you're way smaller. But one of the things we, we've discussed is exercise. Mm-hmm. So is, is exercise part of your regime now? And if not, is that something that you're looking to change? So I lost the, the weight through... Uh, so during, during the course of losing the weight, I didn't go to the gym once. I didn't use exercise to help me lose weight. I lost it in any case. Um, I think exercise-wise, I do more just because I'm more active and more nimble because I've lost the weight, not because I try to, but I just have a lot more energy. So I would walk upstairs now in the office where I wouldn't in the past. I've recently um, explored the idea of yoga and um, Pilates. So, in fact, I went to a few classes before Christmas and and during the Christmas holidays and and when I was in Fiji. So I think I will pursue that as a strengthening exercise. Um, But the idea of running in the gym, it just doesn't appeal to me, to be honest. Fair enough. Sal, what would you say is the difference between how you felt about yourself before the operation and here, a couple of years down the line, has anything changed? I've always been a very outwardly confident person. I've always had quite a bubbly personality. Um, I and, agree with that. Yeah. And, and, and people, I would say, are quite attracted to me personality-wise because I can be fun and, and, and we can have a bit of a laugh. I don't think that's changed. Um, I have a different type of confidence now. Um, it, it, it's wonderful now to be able to go into a store and just buy things off the shelf rather than being forced, as we said in, in the first part of the, the, the programme, whereby I something came in, it fit me, and it was black usually, and so, yeah, that was fine, I'd wear it. Whereas now I'm all about the, the bright colours and uh, things that I can do. I, I can tell you that Sal at the minute is wearing the most gorgeous uh, long blue and white striped kind of um, sailor-inspired, I yeah, think, is, is the right term, isn't the it? theme, yes. Uh, long dress, which is perfect for the weather that we're experiencing uh, here in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. It's in the high 20s Celsius. What's that, about high 70s, 80 degrees oh, Fahrenheit, easily, something like easily, that. easily, easily. And it's humid. Mm. So 
I've never seen you wear this kind of thing before. No. Nope. So this is new for, for me and my experience of you. Mm. Yeah, so it's my go-to now, the, the, the long kind of T-shirt, the jersey dress, I suppose, the mm-hmm. sailor theme of the, of the moment. It's just comfortable. It's just comfortable. And as I mentioned earlier, I don't really like the baggy clothes now. And I wear much more tailored um, outfits at work. Not so much the necessarily traditional European suit, because that's just not how we dress in offices in Australia. It's too hot. It's too hot to wear your pantsuit, although now with the first day of autumn, we will start to go down that route. I get cold a lot now, so I probably will wear pantsuits, trouser suits. Since you've lost the weight? Freezing. Absolutely freezing. I'm cold all the time. Do you notice any other physical differences that were unexpected? So there's the loose skin. Ah, so okay. that, that, that's a challenge and psychologically that's something that a lot of people who've had um, the weight, weight loss program, um, weight loss surgery, sorry, have had big psychological problems with. So you start off being big and you look in the mirror or, or not probably and you don't like how you look. And then you transform yourself through hard work, as I mentioned before, and then you look in the mirror again and oh, now you don't like yourself for another reason. So with clothes on, you're confident and slim and blah, 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 whatever it is that other people see. But when you take your clothes off, what people don't see is, is, is the skin. And that causes a lot of people um, quite a lot of you know, psychological tension, I suppose. And a number of people in, in the face group, Facebook group that I joined um, in Australia um, when I had the surgery, a lot of them have suffered quite um, considerably with depression afterwards, more so than when they were larger. Um, and, and equally, a number of people have, have had the operation to reduce their skin. Um, and it's not cosmetic. It really is reconstructive. And, and, uh, and it's, it's not, oh, I, I don't like the way I am now. I want to um, get rid of some skin. It really is. It can look very, very ugly if you look at some pictures. I, I'm, I'm not too bad about it. Um, my skin has bounced back relatively well. Um, yeah, but for some people, it's a problem because your skin can hang like an apron quite low down. Mm-hmm. And it, I can imagine it's, it's not comfortable. One of the things you chose to do uh, after the operation was to put in place a private Facebook page. Yes, I did. Um, I was honoured to be uh, a member of that. And mm-hmm. you shared some photographs of yourself on the journey um, we won't be sharing that as part of, of this program. That mm. was a private thing. But can I ask you why you decided to do that? Um, I think it was for my own benefit in that I could see... So, so taking the pictures was for my benefit and, and taking the measurements, the, 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 the measurements of my, my legs, my chest, my waist. I, I did that for me. I think putting it out there in a group helped me because there were some wonderful and you you were part of the community some wonderful encouraging comments um to help me on my journey and and bearing in mind that I did move to Australia and it takes a long time to really build those true friendships I think in the group I had maybe 20 people so my very closest friends some of my family members some of my husband's family members um and and two two people out or a a handful of friends out here and and a couple of people that have been through the journey who inspired me the lady Trudy I talked about Mm -hmm. and then another lady Jenny um so it was it was for me given that I didn't have so many of my deep-rooted friends around me to talk to me and and, and to give me that encouragement face-to-face. You know, I felt privileged to Mm. be part of that conversation as well. You're right, it was about 
it felt for, for me that like it takes a village to raise a child in a mm. way that when we if you put it out there it's more likely to happen in a way I understand yeah you know, I understand there's, some, there's something in that and, mm-hmm. and that by supporting you that we could support that part of the journey but I think all of us knew that it was your willpower that was going to be something that that brought you through mm. uh, and would make it a success as, mm. it, as it, it it seems to have been for you uh, our final question was it worth it Yes, yes, yes. So in, in, in every sense of, of the word, yes. Um, luckily, I, I had full health insurance here, which of course you pay for. Um, the operation in, in, in total, so the net cost was around five and a half thousand Australian dollars, um, which whilst expensive, it, it, in relative terms, um, I probably saved that amount in wine since and certainly <laughs> eat, eating out, I've definitely saved that. Yeah, it, it was worth it. It definitely was worth it from a health perspective. I can now do things with, with my kids that I never really thought I could do. And if I'd thought too much about it back then, I, I could easily have been very, very depressed and, and probably was probably was a little depressed without realising it. Um, so, so I actually feel blessed to have the opportunity to have done it here. I don't think I would have had the opportunity back in the UK because it would have been way too expensive and I probably would never have gone through the National Health Service and, and done it. So I'm very blessed to be given the opportunity, very grateful for the opportunity, um, but equally sort of proud of myself for pushing on and, and, and doing it and sticking to it. All right, Sally Ann, thank you very much indeed for, for your time today and well done on such a fantastic journey. Thank you, Patrick. Talk again. Isn't it interesting to understand the motivation and experience of going through gastric sleeve surgery and to hear how it turned out on the other side for one person who's gone through it? A huge thank you to Sally Ann, her husband Gary, her kids Dylan and Karis for welcoming me into their home uh, on my travels through Australia and sharing something of their lives with us all. You can catch more details about this on the Where on Earth webpage at www.whereonearth.net. That's whereonearth.net. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you download your favourite podcasts. Take care. (laughs) 